Guardadores. A dedicated dad and long-distance parent, I'm raising two boys in two countries, and in each episode, I invite another dad to join me in a podcast adventure to talk about our journey as parents. We will discuss the messiness of modern dadding and the challenges of long-distance parenting. At the end of each episode, I will be checking in with psychologist and fellow dad Todd Kettner as he shares his insights into parenthood. My name is Blue, and I am a Dad Without Borders. Today I talk to Brendan, who is an acupuncturist, uh, so he's involved in alternative medicine, and he's launched a successful new product, which is an alternative to coffee called Raven Roast. So we talk about the experience of health, you know, as a health and wellness practitioner, launching a new business, but at the same time, having to find time to balance the needs of his family. We also talk in part two to Todd Kettner, who is our in-house psychologist, and we talk about the emotional attachment to work and the impact that has on your kids. So lots of great stuff today, particularly of interest if you do have young children and you are an entrepreneur. So a great conversation today, both with Brendan and then with Todd Kettner. Uh, so please enjoy. Welcome to Dad Without Borders. Yeah, thanks for brother, having me. Brother Dad. Yeah, I'm stoked. To, um, so you just messaged me and I apologize. Um, we're on time, but I was actually down the skate park, uh, mm. as you do, you know, on a Sunday morning, beating mm-hmm. the kids before the kids get there. Um, oh, it was it was just the un- unexpected lull that I had. And I was thinking, oh, OK, well, if you're around, if you happen to be there, then that's fine. But, you know, it's funny you say that because literally just now I was just having a chat with um, someone who has a baby somebody friend down at the skate park um, about the fact that it's so hard to find time. So as a parent, sometimes when you have a lull, it is so nice. You're like, what do I do now? You're like, Oh, I, I could, I could like read a book or have a cup of tea. Wow. That never happens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. And you're a guy with two, with two businesses and a toddler as well. So yeah, you, you're busy. And and another one due in July here coming. So yeah. Congrats. That's awesome. Kid is almost here. Maybe a little scary, but we'll talk about that. Um, I'm sure you just take it in your stride, casual. Good to oh, see yeah. you. I, 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 have, I have zero stress. You know, I'm all zen all the time, you know. <laughs> of course you are. Um, hey, man, let's introduce <laughs> yourself because you have, uh, I'm excited about your new business too. So you yeah. are um, an acupuncturist and a entrepreneur. Yeah, well... I, I study uh, herbs as well, right? So I, I'm an acupuncturist. I'm very busy in that in that world. Uh, I, I love acupuncture and it's kind of my, uh, probably the thing that I will continue doing no matter what in my life. You know, if I was, if I had, if I was independently wealthy and had all the time in the world, I'd still want to treat a few patients, you know, like it's not, uh, I might not want to be there, you know, 12 hours a day, but, but that, that idea of like, you know, you have your, the thing that, that helps the world and brings you joy. Uh, that's, and that's kind of my philosophy in general. 
trying to find that in life has been something that's been a long journey for me. Um, and now, I, yeah, I have this new business where um, I make an herbal coffee alternative. And um, that's something that I started off doing for myself because it was like, you know, I love coffee. I, it, it's, it's great stuff, but it, you know, when I used to work in coffee shops and, um, and I love coffee culture. I love the sort of the like historical significance of the coffee shop is like, you know, really, really important. Right. There's like, you know, whether it's like pre French revolution or it's uh, you know, the, the beatniks or something like, like there's all of these, these coffee shop uh, sort of historical things throughout the world um, that are, or, or the or the the tea house as well right yeah same, same yeah, idea. yeah. Um, um but you know i i make this herbal coffee alternative and it's to help me not to go overboard on the on the uh and i i would imagine as well as parents who we can get a little anxious at times and kind of strung out like drinking oh, yeah. a ton of coffee when you're sleep deprived is probably not how helping the nerves too much when you're trying to maintain <laughs> no. a relationship with all these different beings in your house yeah, you know, when you're, um, when you wake up at, uh, you know, five, five thirty in the morning being kicked in the face by a toddler and, and, uh, and you, 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 you were staying up late because you wanted like, you know, a moment of time as an adult, <laughs> you know, wh whether it's to like do more work that you couldn't do when you had the kid all day. Or if it's like, you know, I actually do want to sit down and have a glass of wine, or I want to like, enjoy the company of my partner without a toddler kicking me in the face, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's totally. Like, so there's this thing where we, I think we, I mean, at least I do this. I, I'm starting to learn to go to bed earlier. That's a hard thing for me. I'm a bit of a night owl, but, um, but I crave that time in the evening, that sort of, uh, non-parenting time and i think a lot of parents do that you know so i think i definitely do but do you do you when you say do you get me time in the evening or is it about your partner or like where do you find me time for you is that the evenings um actually for i mean well the evenings it's it's mostly time with my partner um for 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 us in our relationship that's how that's where we find that that time um me time Honestly, that's a hard one. Um, you know, uh, I, I find it in little moments. And I think that that's a common experience as well. It's like me time is sometimes at work. Um, I was going to say that I wonder because you're doing something you love, which is really amazing to hear, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if you find something where I was thinking this recently, if I won a million pounds tomorrow, whatever, would I still be doing the thing I'm going to be doing? I would still do the podcast. I've re I'm really enjoying doing the podcast and connecting with other dads and everything around that and some writing work and, and stuff as well. But yeah, I think it's really amazing. So when you're doing that, sometimes that is me time, me doing the podcast mm -hmm. on some level, whether it's talking or doing the edits. Um, I really enjoy that. Um, yeah. It's and for me, it's like, you know, and I'm sure it's for, for everyone in that, in that kind of position, you find what you love and then to make it, um something that you can survive from is very very different that's the um, trick yeah. you know my my background before getting into chinese medicine was um was in the arts 
So I was a starving artist for years. You know, you, it's really difficult to make ends meet, especially if you're not going to uh, bend your ethics very far in the arts. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I, I definitely had that experience of like, all right, I don't want to uh, just make art for a corporation. So, you know, I'm, I'm very independent minded like that. I, you know, I don't, uh, I like working for myself is part of it because of that. You know, I, I'm an entrepreneur, but, you know, uh, with a foundation in anti-capitalism. So it's a bit of a, a catch 22, but it, it, but once again, it comes down to like feeling good about what I'm doing, feeling like what I'm doing is, is, is having a positive impact on the world. So much like how, yeah, I'm doing this on entrepreneurial online sales with my uh, coffee alternative, ravenroast.com, you know, they got yeah, to plug that in there. Right. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. the, the, um, but, you know, it is this thing of like helping people who have, who, who have been dependent on things that are, you know, uh, on caffeine or stimulating the nervous system in this way that's not sustainable, like as a, as a parent or as someone who's stressed out or whatever. So there's this thing of like, you, 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 you find what you love and then how do you make that feel good? How, how do you make it earn enough income, not burn out and not stress out in the process? And that's a hard one. It is a hard one, but I think, I feel like you're doing so. I think what you, your approach has been really good because, and we should introduce the family in a second here too, but just as, as you have that thought, I feel like when you have a foundation uh, and it could be just a regular job or in your case, um, you know, you're a business owner, but doing Raven acupuncture here in the Valley um, mm -hmm. in the Coonies, just that's just North of Nelson for anyone listening. That's not in this area. So we're interior BC and you've got a really great reputation. I go to you uh, for issues my wife does and many people in the community do. So you have that foundation and now you're finding time, which with a young kid and another baby on the way is amazing and, a, and power to you for doing that for yourself. Cause I think it is a really great product, but I think it's great because if that, if that even just makes you enough money to tick you open a bit of extra money, and then if it takes off and it's, you know, which it, I know don't doubt it will, cause everything it seems to be kind of like already kind of already is the past two months. It's, it's taken crazy. Off finally. And that's awesome. And it's now it's a whole other game of uh, how do you scale up production? because sure. it takes everything that you make from the the process to scale up the production so it's a weird and balancing then, act then you got that balancing act of it's something you're passionate about you yeah there's a danger of it not being the thing that you wanted it to be in this first case because now you're not maybe you know maybe you're not making it because somebody else now has to make it in a factory i mean i don't know where that goes but but it yeah. seems well, at the moment I, got, I still want to keep it in the community and everything for me it's this thing of like okay can i can I, um, my, my big thing as a business owner is that I don't get, uh, I don't get paternity leave. I don't get, I don't, I, I don't get leave when this, you know, when I have a date, when my partner births the baby, I don't birth the baby, but, um, you know, there, there's this like, okay, I need to be home more. And that's a lot of my mindset is like, okay, 
the acupuncture thing, I could do that five days a week, but I choose to do it. Um, you know, right now I'm doing uh, clinic uh, three and a half days a week. Nice. And I'm, I'm trying to get that down to, I just hired someone to work my, the front desk so that I can treat more people so I can be in there two days a week and see the same number of people I was seeing in three and a half days a week. Yeah, amazing. And, and then with this uh, entrepreneurial coffee alternative thing, I'm like, okay, well, you know, um, I'm kind of creating a job for my partner and friends and things like that through this process so that I can stay home. I, so, so that I can have that sense of like, all right, I can, I can stay home more. I can be at home more. I can be around right. the family more. Um, and it's a, that's a, and right now it's like, I'm about to take some time off with this new, new baby arriving, but it's time off from acupuncture. I'll still be doing that other business yeah. from home. Yeah. You have to. a lot of, a lot of like shipping and, yeah. you know, emails and stuff like that. But it's, um, it's something you can kind of, uh, manage whilst any time of the day so if i'm like all right the baby's keeping me up all night i and for the first month or so i'll be able or month or two i'll be able to sleep in and i have too many outside responsibilities and adjust my whole life to that second kid yeah um so that you know when i'm awake and i have the energy i can address all of those the those uh things through an online business which is great i'm still really lucky that that's Possibly, yeah so. it sounds like you're really figuring it out but like hey let's um let's introduce the fam though because sure. uh here we are talking about all the juggling but mm-hmm. yeah you are married and then little toddler who's a little older than mine so yeah who are they uh my my wife's name is R- rochelle and my son's name is lyle and he's uh, he just turned three in april um, and then july the next baby's coming and july the next baby's coming so did yeah. was the I so I have a question around um I because and you're not originally from here you're from the East Coast right Yeah I was um I'm an anglophone from Quebec so aha okay I grew up in sort of backwoods kind of Quebec Yeah but my parents weren't from there so my right. my dad was from western Canada my mom's um, from the US she's American and um and my, so my family is kind of like, like um, has been sort of all over the map in, in my life. I have an older brother who lives in France, a younger brother who's down in the southern part of the U.S. Um, you know, I just have like, you know, half my extended family's up here, half is in the U.S., you know. Right. So I have a lot of um, a sense of like... Uh, scattered across the the globe here kind of a sense of family but do you have a sense of belonging here now like how did you end up in the in this part of canada in western canada here i guess i I was on a road trip with my older brother and uh and really just uh was really drawn to this area um we kind of didn't really know our way around we didn't know anyone up here i had heard through a friend of mine who had uh, done a lot of traveling uh, a lot of hitchhiking and wandering in the world and he really knew this he thought of this area as being this interesting little corner of the world um and so i was kind of like yeah it sounded right like the the way he described it was interesting i was looking around i didn't quite find my spot around here and so i didn't really come back for a long time but i kind of knew 
this was an area I wanted to to spend more time in. Um, and then after that trip, I was um, uh, looking at a lot of maps and projections around climate change. And uh, I'm very uh, aware and concerned about geopolitical things in the world. And I found that this, I, I thought of this little corner of the world as being a good place to raise a family that's stable, uh, pretty peaceful and has good uh, good water and things like that. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely relate to that. So when you when you were thinking about moving here, the the idea of a family was that in your mind when you were training for acupuncture and because you have a great career. I mean, you've set yourself up really well. Um, I I no, it wasn't exactly in my mind. I I always wanted the I liked the idea of of having it a one kid. <laughs> I'm I'm having two now, but. Uh, I that's you know it makes sense to me now to have two but at the time I was thinking oh one one kid I feel like once you've kind of got in that groove of being a dad and you you've transitioned I don't know how it was for you but when you transitioned into okay my time is not my own I have to squeeze an hour for myself in the evening with that glass of wine or maybe early in the morning uh if they actually sleep in but ours our boy gets up at like 5 30 whatever so that's impossible but um yeah, do you just feel like you're in there now? You're just in it. So what the hell? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, when you're like in the pocket, you know, like if you're skateboarding or you're snowboarding and you're like, oh yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the zone. I'm in the pocket. I got the powder and I just feel, I'm feeling it. Yeah. I'm kind of like, ex, like the, I'm going to go backwards a little bit here before I get into that. Like I, I didn't plan on necessarily having a uh, family when I moved here. I actually met my wife, um, uh, I want to say uh, a decade before I moved up here. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, but you know, a lot. It's I, I've I've known her a very long time, and we dated way back then. And it was like, oh no, kids aren't an option for me at that time in my life. I was kind of against having kids for a long time, um, partly because I couldn't see myself being. I didn't want to raise a child in poverty either was a big thing for me. So becoming an acupuncturist, getting successful at that, at a certain point, I, I accepted that I, I could have a kid. Do you, when you, I, can I just go back to the poverty thing? Are you saying that yeah. because, you're a starving artist? Are you saying that because you didn't, and this is where my mind goes for me, is that you didn't want to, I don't know, I don't want to say, well, I'm going to say sell out. I'll say sell out, but like be a part of the system buy into that idea of, you know, a job where you're kind of like on the, the factory line, what I'm going to say factory line, not literally, but like the idea of just, you know what, I'm going to have to step out of the stuff that I love doing and just do whatever I have to do to make money and to, to you know, to get wrapped up in, you know, this system. I, I grew up with a, a family that was already like, I, my entire upbringing was in the mindset of don't pursue money don't like it was it's ingrained in my very being because of how I was brought up that that just to like my parents didn't really compromise either so the, the idea of existing so, just to chase the dollar yeah so for me and my upbringing it was it was very contrary to, to my to my grain to just chase the dollar so um it's a, it's a weird thing, but we all have like cultural training and not all of my cultural training is some like pie in the sky, like 
idealistic thing. Some of it's very negative, I'm sure, and all of that. But, um, but some of my like uh, my cultural upbringing that was hard to break was this idea of even trying to um, to yeah to be comfortable was almost seen as as uh, selling out. <laughs> so um, that that same concept, it's like you know it wasn't really an option in my mind to, to get like a corporate job, even just whatever to, to, to get by. So I had to kind of like carve my own, my own way. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I did, you know, but um, it definitely wasn't the easy way of doing things. Um, but the point being is like, when I, when I met my, uh, my partner, my, my, my wife, she was, she was also kind of in that mindset and we were both like we both grew, grown up in in a little bit of hardship uh in our in our you know lives growing up and she was against having kids when i met her i think too i don't know maybe she wasn't against it but we were both like it wasn't, know, it wasn't on the, right the time right in our lives yeah so it wasn't until after i had moved up here uh went back to school became an acupuncturist started a practice did the whole thing the long journey um that you know we reconnected and, and then it was immediate it was like oh my life's set up in a way that something's possible and her life was set up in that way too and it was like oh let's just start now like in, immediately yeah so it was like a very different experience than when we were younger where it was like let's avoid that yeah, <laughs> completely yeah. let avoid 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 and having the right timing as getting back to that idea of like being in the pocket you know of 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 life it's sort of like to for me it's like i once once it feels right once you're in that zone of life where you're like okay um i don't it's not it's not uh as big of a challenge to me to face a second child than it was to face the first even yeah. though i was so ready for the first kid it broke me a little bit like it's what, what i'm sure you you've of, what broke you in terms of like you're saying you're set up and you at this point did you have your house because you've got a house and no no I, I i well i think i bought the house um three months i i i got i had a kid and and bought a house and got married in in a year Dude, I can relate. My first, um, I think it was get a job, house, kid, married. I, I think I may have you on one extra, but maybe. Yeah. They're the most stressful things you do in a lifetime. Yeah. Any, any well, I also, I, I helped Rochelle move up here too. So that was like. Oh yeah, throw that in. That's a, a lot. big move thrown in the mix too. So yeah, it was, it was wild. It was a wild, like crazy experience. And I, I was ready for it, but it still broke me. It's a you real know? coaster to become a parent, it, it kind of does shatter. Like I, I talked to another, another parent recently about this and about having a second kid. And she's also, she's someone who has a successful business and everything too. And so it, a, a similar phase of life and a similar um, uh, existence that, uh, that I have. And she said, yeah, the second kid, yes, it's, it's uh, everyone says, oh, it's um, exponentially more to have a second child or you know, that's what a lot of people say yeah and but it's easier because you're already trained and you're you're um 
sense of being an independent individual who can, you know, Oh, Friday night, the guys are getting together. Let's go get drunk and uh, shoot guns in the woods or whatever you you do for fun. That, that doesn't, um, uh, that's no longer possible for you. If you're a responsible parent, you know, assuming yeah. you're a responsible parent, yeah, yeah, yeah. certain things are just sort of like, Nope, can't do that anymore. I gotta get home and change your baby diaper i gotta make dinner i gotta put it you know i gotta like read the bedtime story and do the routine um you know and you know maybe you can get childcare once in a while but when you're dealing with an infant it's like you know no yeah and that's a hard one can't really do that maybe family you can but yeah the people say that with babysitting i don't know i feel like ours is our little boys two and a half yeah sort of in there so well he's not quite but he's coming up still too young for a babysitter really like someone he doesn't know and like if he wakes up in the night and then he's freaked out because he's so it's you ha- it's a while till that's a reality and it's yeah it's i think you're right i think that is true actually and i think maybe i've come to that even more so now at this stage with the second one of like i'm pretty chill about that it's like yeah it's nap time yeah he needs feeding yeah i can't go out and i have to be here yes. mom wants to go and do x y and z and i'm like, kind of okay with it but initially even though it doesn't seem like a big deal emotionally and mentally, it's huge. Like that's a it's big huge. transition. And, and I think you have to have a certain grief that goes along with accepting your new role. Or the, you know, the, the same, like, and I'm not saying it's a sad thing. I'm saying it's the stages of grief. <laughs> huh, that that's interesting. You, you You're go right. Through. Yeah. Um, because it's about letting go. And I see in Chinese medicine, we see grief as, uh, the same uh, re- relates to the lungs and the l- large intestine, which both have uh, a role of absorbing and releasing. So your, a lot of people don't know your large intestine absorbs water. That's um, one of its, that's pretty much its primary role. But you, um, you know, you, you, you inhale and you exhale. And the, the exhalation is the release, the letting go of emotion too. And, and that's associated with grief. But it's, it's any, any shift, you know, you have to accept, you have to like, uh, if you, if you resist that, then um, anyway, there's a whole, I'm not going to, it's not a Chinese medicine podcast. No, no, but but it's it's really interesting to hear though. Like, so based on that, is there any really, like you say, without going into great depth with it, there any simple things that people can do other than I always say, go to therapy, go find a counselor. Like it doesn't do any harm. Um, it doesn't always have to cost money either, but just to be able to talk it through with someone. Well, I guess like, because I mean, uh, what I'm talking about is like the s- cycles of the five elements. And so if you, if you have uh, like a lot of grief or a lot of like reluctance to accept your, your role or your, your new, um, the unknown is what I would say, because to the, the cycle of, um, of energy that's that stays very positive and uh, continues your path in a very positive way would be to accept that your life is changing forever and then you're going to be a parent the rest of your life you know and so that's why it's kind of okay to I think easier to, to accept having a second kid because it's like I'm already going to be a parent the rest of my life yeah you know yeah and so if you're you're already doing it so you can do it have that fulfill that for a second i'm not saying having 10 kids is a good idea or anything but you know um 
and then if you accept and you and you like accept the unknown and you just dive into it and you you just like you're like i don't know where this is going it's scary you face the fear of it and you you go through it but if you resist that and you're like ah it usually leads to anger and um and that is where you see a lot of people or not a lot but you see a fair number of people that they have uh, a, a child with someone and then their relationship ends like right away because one of those or one or both of those uh, uh, parents resists the, the acceptance of the, of what they're facing, you know, a, assuming their relationship was good in the first place. Um, not always the case, but, it's like if one person resists or is hesitant to to accept that and to release their old life and be like, okay, this is my new life. Well, then it's definitely not going to work out, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's also toxic relationships from the get go, so I'm not trying to say it's all about accepting the the new role, but you know, there's um. Yeah, I, I, I see. Really- I see that as being kind of the process, but yeah, I mean, I think that getting getting body work done is actually really good when you're, when you're going through this too, because you do lose a sense of, I mean, obviously going through counseling and stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, uh, thing. If you, if, it, if, to, you know, if that's the way, uh, if, if that's what works for people, for some people like, uh, therapy doesn't always, uh, speak to them. And I would really suggest then like, you know, you, you lose your independence, you lose a sense of self through the process of becoming a parent a little bit you devote so much to your kid that um you know it makes sense to to work it out of your your body right so yeah definitely i find acupuncture amazing for that do you have like a a, an approach to parenting like a parenting philosophy with discipline and such because this morning i had a fallout with my little boy and i may be a bit tough when they're really young but with my first, it worked out really well because they they get it. They get where there's boundaries where it's like, you know what? Sometimes you just have to do what you're told. And I do end up like the oppressor dad in that sense of saying, you know what? You got to sit down and have a snack because we want to leave and, you know, go to the park. You need to snack because I know he's going to melt down otherwise. And if he resists, yeah. it doesn't happen a lot. But every time when he resists, and maybe it's the mood I'm in, but I'm like, okay, if you can't, if you're going to freak out right now, you need to sit on the step and get it out of your system. And then you can, you know, then we'll talk again. And that happened this morning. But mum isn't maybe quite as harsh. And I feel like sometimes I'm a bit harsh in that way. Do you, what's your approach with a toddler? Because he's in the same age range. Yeah, I mean, we, we um, you know, we, we do a lot of, uh, you know, when there's extreme things, like he was going through a phase where he was... Uh, you know, throwing all his food around the kitchen and that kind of thing. You yeah, know, yeah. Throwing yeah. plates and you know, all that. Yeah. Or just throwing objects. That was the most challenging thing, right? But because it needed that really firm kind of like authoritarian boundary kind of perspective. But generally, we really talk through things. We really, it's about com- communication. And now that he's can form sentences and and yeah. you know has a very broad vocabulary um it's easy com- com- compared yeah, yeah. to no, when, I agree. When, when when you're dealing with uh, like a a one-year-old to two-year-old that range is hard i found that to be really difficult 
when everyone was talking about the terrible twos, I was like, oh no, this is this is easier. This is yeah, there's more um, ability to cause mayhem, but there's also the ability to communicate that that comes out as well. Yeah, I think what I was picking up, and I don't, I'm not really one for reading books. I have gone to, I work um, every now and again with, um, it's going to be on the, uh, it would have just come out actually, um, but talking to Catherine Williams, who's like a fantastic resource uh, locally for families. Um, and, you know, Todd Kettner comes on the show too, psychologist, but, you know, so aside from talking to them, I don't go to books, but one thing I've kind of figured out just by having two kids is that frustration you can see it they can't they don't have words they can't say what they need or what they want and then it just comes out as like this throwing stuff and like i don't know if you were picking up with that but with our boy i feel like that was part of it he just like he couldn't express what he needed to express and so it came out with a bit of yeah he's quite strong-willed more than the more than my first boy but yeah aside from that I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's been different. The two, the, the other thing too, is they come out differently. Like you'd kind of oh, read yeah, it, it the same way. It turns just, out that we're all different. I mean, they're toast. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're their own little spirits. So it's like what, what works for one doesn't always work for the other. There's a mixture of authoritarian style of leadership. If you like parenting, then there's the democratic style. And then there's the laissez faire where it's like, we're in the yard, you know, whatever. And I'm, I'm pretty into health and safety, but at the same time, I, I trust his instincts when I'm at, at a safe distance to watch what he's doing when he's clambering over rocks or he's exploring, whatever. So there's those three different styles of leadership, which I kind of relate to parenting now, where sometimes there's a time and a place. So the authoritarian, if you look at a percentage, is probably like, it's pretty, it's pretty small because I've already felt like he knows the boundaries. There's things like he doesn't cross a road. We're not, we're not talking about that. It's just he stops and he waits and we're going to check for the traffic and he can't, you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. there's that Democrat, we're not going to debate that. It's just like, that's what's going but, to happen. But if your child starts wandering into the road, that's, you know, if you're not a little, at least a little bit authoritarian at that moment, and it's going to be like physical intervention, you know, yeah, then you're not going to be a parent very much longer. And that's <laughs> totally. a terrible thing to say, but yeah. it's like you, you, you have to have some, you have to have your own like your own internal boundaries of like you can have the extreme safety part of it is is important you know if you're authoritarian all the time well you know that doesn't work out uh no that's not gonna work out very well no totally but you know there is yeah i mean there is that balance i, I like the way you're talking about it is like these three different uh kind of uh layers to it and yeah because it's important to to foster I, i'm i'm pretty lucky lyle is is very or can be very independent with his play yeah um which i really value and like it's he's got a great imagination so he can really live in the world he's creating um for periods of time but then other times it's like really uh attached at the hip you know yeah and that's when you have to have a lot of the, the communication side of things. Totally. Which I really enjoy that, actually. I really enjoy the challenges that come with that kind of, you know, I don't know. E yeah. Easing them from one activity to another. Parents moving. So one's going away to work or whatever. And just like just finding ways of smoothing everything out. So it's like nobody's freaking out. But I think that's for me with the authoritarian thing is sometimes he's got to drink and eat. And I'm like, I don't want to have arguments with you for going to get to the table when it's that time to do it. And we're all sitting down to eat. 
and you're stomping your foot. And rather than sit there and just let him stomp his foot, I'm like, no, that's where, you know, I, I may be not quite as relaxed. I'm like, no, there's a time. I don't want to debate this. Some things we're not going to debate. But what I found with the first, and I'm not, and we'll see, it may or may not work out, but with the first, he's, he, he's great because he just knows when it's like, and he'll still kind of push back sometimes, but he knows where it's like dinner time, where you can have dinner, you know, or it's like, I don't have to argue with him to go to wash his hands before we eat. Cause it's like, dude, you're just being out p- picking up the dry dog poop that you thought was a pine cone. And you got, you know, it's <laughs> like, let's not debate that. Let's just go do it, get it done. Come and sit down with everybody. So there's like, it's tricky. It's interesting. Like how much do you lean into your, your upbringing in terms of how you were raised with parents, parenting and like your dad and how he was like interacting with you? I think it's, it's interesting because I, you know, my, my parents, are i mean i think it's 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 hard to like when you uh, for me i think my parents were slightly older parents compared to my peers oh yeah um not extremely older but just a, a little bit older for the, for their for their generation i think it was it like when i look at it now i was like oh they were super young but um so how generation, old were they when they had you they were in the um family. let's see like give uh, like 30 uh like like 29 32 i think yeah so, which was a bit yeah my parents were uh, in their early, early 20s when they had me yeah so like my parents parents were in world war ii and all that kind of stuff right so same, they same in mind they the um um so there's there's that kind of like uh the trauma and the alcoholism and the heavy smoking and um you know some abusive behavior that even if it's not physical some of it was i'm sure um it's still like neglectful and and all sorts of 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 aspects to how they were raised they responded by going the extreme opposite you know they were like okay no alcohol in the house uh no smoking they were very like they had the, um, the, there wasn't authoritarianism at all, <laughs> is what I'm saying. They, there was never, um, or there, there was very little uh, of, of that in my, but there, there was still kind of defined gender roles that were pretty extreme and, and things that I, I, I don't admire everything that they did or something, but what I'm saying is that their response was, also kind of extreme in certain ways and not always helpful so i think it's really that that idea of like okay um uh, now that it's been a you know a few generations since like uh, people in my family have been at war or whatever into those extreme um geopolitical events it is i think you can have a more balanced approach like there's less of that imprint of trauma uh now on on my kids i feel like than there was um you know on me or my parents like i think there's like a the way that it kind of um slowly fades away through different generations yeah, and well, so when when i when i see parents that are that are maybe being a little too harsh or things like that i try to think of that as well it's like okay what have what have they been through in their life what's the intergenerational trauma coming you know in into their existence and 
if you feel like you can have a super balanced, super healthy, well-researched approach to parenting with like a stable job with a fairly, you know, decent standard of living and all of that, you're lucky. You're really lucky to be able to choose to parent in a way that's very intentional. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, because I see, you know, if, if I was, if I had a kid when I was 22, man, can you imagine? I, I can't imagine. Me neither. I can't. And if, you know, it would be hard. It'd be so much harder. In other ways, it would be easier. I'd have more energy to, to not sleep. And I mean, I, yeah. I, I wasn't sleeping anyways when I was 22 or whatever. I was partying and having fun and traveling and all the rest of it. But, um, but to have that uh, extra energy right now would be useful. But um, yeah, it's true though. Yeah. You do, you feel it as you get older. That's one, that's the one thing about, well, I don't know. Do you see yourself as an older parent? I mean, I don't really think of age so much, but like you, I mean, I, I don't know how I old you are, but I'm you know, uh, I'm, th- I'm, I'm 39. And oh, yeah. then, uh, it's a great know, age. I, it's a good age, but there is that thing of like, yeah, it is. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people in the same boat. I feel like at least around here, there's it seems a lot of, um, yeah. a lot of parents in their mid to late thirties or even early forties. You know, I've helped, uh, with acupuncture, with f- fertility issues and things with, uh, women that are, you know, 42, having a, having yeah. a baby at 42, yeah, yeah. 43. And it's like, you know, that's, that's brave, but it's, it's very, brave. but yeah, in your thirties, brave, but it's very possible. In terms of gender roles, you seem to be the one that's kind of working at home. Uh, you know, whole in terms of like, you know, you got a business acupuncture. Are you guys going for the traditional role of like mom doing the sort of home care with the kids and holding the house together while you're kind of, you know, trying to balance everything out sounds like you're going to be able to do a lot of home time too no, which is great I, I do i do a lot of work at home i i i guess we we value unpaid labor in my house so um like rochelle has uh when covid hit it made it so she's like she she lost her job and and, and that in that process so right. she's primarily home these days but she's working on that uh entrepreneurial business i have the uh, coffee alternative like she's, right. she's so doing she's a lot the- of the work for that she's you know so no we're we, we try to keep it pretty balanced like i oftentimes yeah. get home from work i'm exhausted and guess who's making dinner me you know and yeah, guess yeah. who's you know we, we we alternate a lot so we do a lot of like sharing of of roles but there's definitely some things where i'm a i'm a i'm six two and hairy and big and i oh. I, I split most of the firewood you know like you know, that's just, there is some strength based role. Um, that's true. Division. We have that too, actually. We, yeah. Cause we talk about um, it. We're very open about our roles in the house and stuff. For us, it was really difficult that cause Rochelle really did have to give up her career. Um, a certain amount, you know, and, and I'm not sure uh, because she moved out here in, in the sticks makes it a lot harder to continue that um and we'll we'll see if that if that uh changes but you know we're trying to keep a nice balance to yeah things but yeah for for the moment it's one way yeah uh but you know the the future is undefined we try to change is constant i think yeah i found that just communicating you know regularly and checking in with each other and how you're feeling about all of these different factors 
it's hard it's hard to get the balance right you just gotta yeah it is yeah and speaking of checking in i i think i do have to um yeah you should go and go and be the family up. man cool man okay um, Brendan, um thanks so much man for taking the time yeah it's been been a, a pleasure and uh uh, it's nice to uh, nice to see you. We should hang out more. We, yeah, uh, we should. Uh, we talk about too much, but we need to. I, and it's the COVID thing has changed things. We've been isolated st- bubbles are are are, are uh, frustrating, but uh, they are. Frustrating. Yeah, we're, we're we're getting through it, and uh, we'll yeah. see you on the other side. And now for a check in with my favorite psychologist and fellow dad, Todd Kettner. Um, hey, Todd. Good to see you again, and. Stoked to get into this question, actually, that I have for you, because talking to Brendan about his work and his entre- entrepreneurial endeavors, that's like a tongue twister. Thought we got an alarm going off. Yeah. Just shut that alarm down. Um, yeah, many of us ha- are juggling multiple jobs and or passions. Sometimes it's the same thing. And thinking about my experience as an entrepreneur and as an employee, I feel that there's pros and cons to both as a family man. Um, mm-hmm. And I've experienced mm-hmm. both very much. Um, so how does our emotional involvement in our career impact our child's well-being? Yeah, great question. I love the complexity that uh, some of your um, interview uh, bring up around some of these things, right? And what impact on our kids? I think it is what we, what we either make it and if we make it, that implies intentionality, so it's in a good direction, or what we don't make it, which implies, you know, a lack of awareness in our busyness that probably, you know, uh, all things uh, considered is, is not so good for our kids, right? So if we have intentionality about what we are doing career-wise, um, then I think we're going to make, you know, uh, on balance, good choices for our kids in terms of, you know, the time that we spend with them, the um, example that we set for them. And it becomes a matter of, uh, I heard someone once say that um, it's not so much balance that we should be striving for, you know, taking a pie chart of 24 hours and dividing it to, you know, seven hours of sleeping and one hour of eating and one hour of exercise and X number for kids and wife and work and, you know, that kind of stuff. But taking a more sort of uh, portfolio approach to our personal, um, spiritual, physical, mental, and uh, professional lives in that sometimes, you know, this part of the portfolio is bigger, other times it's smaller. And, you know, a great example that we have here in Canada and, uh, you know, lots of Scandinavian countries and uh, is, is a real, I think, and this makes me angry back to our last episode, um, the lack of parental leave in the U- United States. And um, it's hard to draw a direct line, but I'm sure there is one between, you know, some of the rage and anger and the taking sides and gun violence and all of that kind of stuff in our dear neighbors to the South with um, lack of attachment to uh, parents at an early age because there's no way to afford uh, mom's dad being with their kids right after birth, right? So. Um, you know, that attachment that we have uh, with our kids from early on, that's a period in that portfolio approach where the balance shifts to nursing, feeding, diapering, you know, walking, changing, um, laundry. Um, And then, you know, my wife Tara and I are in a stage right now where the shift is to 
um, saying, yes, you can have the keys tonight and sure, you know, have the house for your 19th birthday party. And, you know, we don't have to do any more coaching around that because we already know that, that, uh, you know, our son's going to make sure that he, his friends bring designated drivers with them and that they're going to turn the music off at midnight. So not to annoy the neighbors. And there's a freedom in that now that there's a depth of relationship that we have with, with our, you know, now adult kids. Um, but the time is very limited, right? They're busy. We're busy. We're all okay with it. So back to you for some thoughts, and then I'll come back to how we might structure, especially um, you're alluding to um, serial entrepreneurship or having a side job, you know, in addition to a part-time or full-time uh, paid employment gig. Yeah, because from my experience, when my first son came along, I very much leaned into find the stable job. And it wasn't even the time because I felt like there was a lot of freedom because I was doing a tourism business. So I had time, big chunks of time, which is fantastic. And I loved it. And I could, you know, like you were talking about, I could have a portfolio of time where I worked on the emails and the marketing and, you know, all of this stuff. But there was a being a way piece, which I didn't like. So that was a big one. But then also for me, it was like this underlying stress of, am I going to, will I make enough money this month? Will I get enough booking? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the financial piece of it for me was probably the biggest stress. So having a stable, especially when they're very young, having that stable, mm -hmm. you know, job that gives you regular paycheck. And it was that kind of thing for me, which was, but yet I'm not therefore pursuing my passion. And then, mm -hmm. I, so sometimes pursuing a passion means you can, you know, for me, be more engaged and excited about the day to day because I'm doing something I'm really excited about. But there's a huge, so for me, there's a bit of a risk with like, you know, stepping out of that stability. And I feel like I'm feeling more free to do that now. And this podcast mm -hmm. is my side gig to do something that I feel is really important and people are loving. And so this, I think the podcast is a good example of something that doesn't pay me but actually mm -hmm. really fulfills me. And I've managed the time very carefully so that it doesn't suck mm -hmm. dry. Um, mm -hmm. That's how I feel like it's the financial kind of stress of being an entrepreneur, which there is a time and a place for, I think, to be able to sure. manage that stress, you know? Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a difference between the financial stress of, of uh, being a young entrepreneur with a young company and a young child that you just mentioned and the financial stress of being an old entrepreneur with uh, um, grown children, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking Bill Gates is probably not too worried if his, if his uh, debit card is going to decline when he goes for coffee, right? So um, it depends, it's, it's ages and stages again, right? So that um, I love the idea of people um, pursuing their passions. Um, and there's, there's a hidden sort of you know how we sometimes, you know, here in the Kootenays, uh, look down our nose at, at people who currently are still climbing the corporate ladder, right? I wonder sometimes if um, we're not too all in on the passion ladder and we look down our noses at people who aren't, you know, air quotes, uh, pursuing their passion because yeah. they may actually uh, um, just be saying, hey, you know what, my kids are young or I'm going to have a kid next year or three years from now, I want to get in a stable job. I want uh, to have parental leave because I want to take that chunk of time 
to um, um, just work and leave my work at the office or at the mill or at the factory, or at the shop, whatever it is, and then come home and pursue my passion of, of being a dad, pursue my passion of being a paddler, a sailor, a farmer, or whatever it is. So we don't always have to fulfill our passions at work all of the time, I don't think. Yeah. You know, we yeah. lose something perhaps if we never do, you know. I've had jobs, you know, to put myself through university that I was very clear that I couldn't do for more than three or four months at a time in the summer. Otherwise, I would, you know, I would go nuts with it, right? Yeah. At the same time, by not pursuing my passion, you know, as soon as I was off work from the sawmill at two o'clock in the afternoon after starting at 5 a.m. or whatever it was, I could water ski all afternoon until I, you know, that was my passion, yeah. but it didn't pay me, yeah. <laughs> right? Just like you talk about with the the podcast currently but you know maybe this is a movie someday maybe it's a book someday or maybe not but nonetheless you're really enjoying what you're doing here and you have some flexibility with uh, a young family to be able to do it and I think you know um um what's the expression money is the root of all evil um and I think it's misquoted isn't the original quote um the pursuit of money um is the root of all evil it's not money itself so having having uh you know maybe too much focus on it because you know we're accumulating too much wealth and that's the only thing that drives us or too much focus on it because we don't have enough wealth to you know pay the uh, phone bill or the rent at the end of the month and it's keeping us up at night um both of those things um, um yeah. can really can really impact us so you know risk and reward um and i've I'm fully supportive of parents who choose uh, stability um, at certain times to be with their kids at certain times, whether it's when they're young or they're going through the teenage years or dropping to half time, you know, for a year, whatever it is, if possible, right? These are questions of privilege um, that most of the world isn't able to structure their life this way. Um, but if we can, you know, go for it and then either pick up the, uh, you know, the big paycheck of entrepreneurs potential big paycheck of entrepreneurialism later, pick up the passion later, or go for the passion now and, you know, pick up the bills later, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's options. And you're right. I think that's a good point for many of us. It is a privilege to be able to have these options, isn't it? And, um, mm -hmm. and I think too, there's, it can be a bit of a curse to, to follow your passion into work as well, because on that side of things, the, you know, the passion can die, you know, if there's so much, so for me if there's so much um you're leaning on that passion so much to get money and to get reward and that kind of thing reward beyond mm -hmm. emotional well-being then sometimes for me a stable job and then finding time hopefully to do these extra mm -hmm. things at the weekends or the evenings and create space mm -hmm. in your life in another way as a parent mm -hmm. it's kind of a nice mix if you can do that but um mm -hmm. and the i love what you say and it's so true and a good reminder for me as well at different ages, different ages, different, you said it in a different way, but different ages, different stages. So when they're very young, it's nice to figure out if you can do the parental leave, which is a t very much a gift where we are in Canada mm -hmm. and we have that. Mm -hmm. And we can take that time and not worry about the money. And then when they're a bit mm -hmm. older, yeah, you can kind of step out and take a risk um, and mm -hmm. push directions. So I think that's a good reminder that things are always changing. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you're not stuck in one sort of treadmill that you can take time down the road out and do something else. Um, mm -hmm. not, not feel like you're in that kind of cubicle for the next 10, 20 years necessarily. 
Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing uh, your thoughts on that, Todd. Yeah, for sure, Blue. It's always great to talk to you, and uh, um, it, it's nice to have uh, an outlet to just uh, uh, philosophize and uh, give some tips. And, and, you know, I learn as much as I uh, uh, teach in these kind of situations. So always appreciate you having me on your show. Cool. Thanks, man. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please do share and subscribe and leave a rating or an even better, a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dab Without Borders and a full list of episodes can be found at dabwithoutborders.com. Thanks for supporting the show and we'll see you next time.